1: With a weekend full of sport, we've got you covered 24-7. This is SENZ. It is twelve twenty three here on S E N Z Sunday afternoons with Ricardo. We head now to Australia to catch up with Crick Info's Andrew McGlashan. and how you doing, Andrew? Hi there.
0: How
1: are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good. Uh we I hope you're staying dry. Uh how how's the cricket, mate? Lots of big
0: thing to you. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say the same to you. Yeah, yeah. Amazing
1: stuff. Yeah yeah. yeah yeah, mate, to be fair, uh I, I think the, the the pitches over here will be juicy for about another ten years. Yes. Yeah. You might want to stick him in another bowl. Yeah, yeah, exactly, mate, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big Bash League, uh, can I ask you a quick question? Because I couldn't find the information out uh, immediately. But uh, the final is going to be with the Per Scorchers and someone else. Um, yes, so that's correct,
0: yes, yeah, per Scorchers qualified yesterday. Yeah, yeah,
1: correct, right. So now tonight we've got the Melbourne Renegades take on the Brisbane Heat. The winner of that plays the Sydney Sixers, and then the winner of that goes to the final to play the Scorchers. So the Scorchers are sitting pretty feet up and watching everybody play uh, cricket while well, they, they, they have a quiet one.
0: Yeah, I mean, they are the standout team in the league. Alongside Sydney Sixers, those two sides have led the way in the BBL since its inception, really. They've won a huge number of titles between them. And this year, they were way ahead in the regular season. So they got to play the qualifier final yesterday. And the reward for that is is a position straight in the final. So, as you say, they now get a week to prepare. And they've got a home final out in the West Optus Stadium. There was 41,000 there last night. They're hoping to push... 50,000 for the final next Saturday. The Sydney Sixers have to do it the hard way. They need to fly back to Sydney, play on Thursday, and then if they win that, they have to fly back to Perth the next day and play the next day after that. So it's a pretty tough schedule for whichever side meets Sydney, uh, which meets Perth in the final now, either be Melbourne or Brisbane, uh, either Renegade or Heat, have to play Sydney in Sydney, and then they'll have to fly all the way across the country as well as they win the game. So um, it's a big reward for finishing first um, and getting that home final, particularly when you're Perth, because of the geographical um, advantage they have of being sort of where they are or disadvantaged sometimes. Uh, but they certainly like home advantage, and I think they're comfortable favourites to win it there.
1: Yeah, they, they look there. I mean, I like home advantage, but it almost feels like this is too much of an advantage.
0: Uh, There's not much you can do about the size of Australia. So it's just, it's just the way of it. And to be fair, the last two seasons, they've, they've had to do a huge amount of relocation and travel. They, I think they've had one home BBL game in, before this season, one home game in the two cuts or COVID hit summers. And they had to basically go on the road and stay out of their states for the entire season because the WA borders were obviously the last to open over here um, after the restrictions lifted. So they couldn't, they could, they, could barely play any cricket in their home state because other teams couldn't get in and they couldn't get home once they left. So um, I don't think anyone will be good for them the home final this year. They have a really strong supporter base. I mean, we saw that with the crowd last night. So, um, yeah, fully earned. They're a fantastic team and they're going to take some beating.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's uh, have a quick squiz at tonight's game. Uh, this game interests a lot of New Zealanders because of uh, who's involved. Of course, on one side, you've got Martin Guptill. On the other side, you got Colin, Colin Munro. Two blokes uh, that a lot of people think New Zealand should still be picking internationally. Um, how have they been going through the BBL?
0: Uh, well, Martin Guptill's had a, had a reasonably average tournament. I, I, if I'm fair, he's, he's looked a little bit off the pace, really, um, at times. Uh, but a player like him, he can he can come good at, at any moment, and that. And the renegades will hope that it's tonight. Uh, Munro stint at the end of a few weeks ago, he's now out at the I think it's the ILT 20, um, in Dubai, it might be the SA 20, I can never remember where players are these days, but he did basically half the stint with Brisbane. He, he played one remarkable innings, got a, a 98, which almost saw them home in a, in a tremendous run chase, but they fell just short. And actually, it's been the Heat's late season run, they've won. Five games on the bounce now, and they look to be really struggling to make finals. They obviously won the eliminator the other night against Thunder with a terrific uh, with a terrific performance. They've been boosted by Usman Kawaja and Marnus Labashane being available. They'll play their final match tonight before heading off to India with the Test squad next week. So the Heat will want to make the most of them uh, tonight. So it, tough ones, of to course, tonight. Uh, Melbourne Renegades home advantage. They've played some some solid cricket this season without ever looking quite. Um, a powerhouse side. Aaron Finch had a very good season, which has been a good story. So, tough one to go, but with, with Carada and Lavashane available, I just fancy Brisbane Heat to win this one.
1: All right. And then, uh, you mentioned the Sydney Sixers have had a pretty good season. Um, are, are they that much better than uh, anybody else, other than, uh, of course, uh, the Scorchers?
0: Oh, I think they are better. How much better in T20 is always a debate, because ultimately, it comes down to one performance then. Um, I do I mean the other thing for them will be coming off the disappointment of last night's uh, outing in Perth? They were not at their best, um, although they made a game of it for a little while in Perth. Scorchers run chase. So I do think there is daylight between Scorchers Sixers um, and the rest, but that doesn't necessarily mean much. Come finals, it will be interesting, though, well, to see which side gets through tonight in its heat. That. That actually might work in Sixers' favour because they're going to lose three players to the India Test squad, Kawadra and Abhisheen. Who I mentioned, Matt Renshaw, will also leave for the Test tour, so they're going to have a really patched-up batting lineup if they do get to the SCG on Thursday. The Renegades, um, they're not losing anybody to the Test squad, so they'll have the same side together. So if they were to win tonight, you'd think they'd be the more stable side and probably the tougher opponents to go into that Challenger final. But yes, I, I do, I do think Sixers are the best of those three teams whether they win on Thursday that's a lot of his T20 yeah
1: uh, what about the Sixers I mean they are going to lose Steve Smith I'd imagine is Sean Abbott going into India yeah. as well
0: no he's not so, they're, they'll, they're, so of, of the guys who played last night it's just Steve Smith they'll lose they will also lose from their squad and neither of them played last night Nathan Lyon and, and Todd Murphy the two off spinners um, Todd Murphy's actually probably the bigger loss for the T20 side than the Nathan line. Lyon. Lyon only played one BBL game this season, and they managed a little me niggle he had. Although not convinced he would get in their best T20 side anyway, Todd Murphy's this young offie who's going on his first tour, and he's very highly regarded. So they're, they're sort of had to go through their bench strength of spin bowlers. They played both of them last night in Perth, which was a curious selection decision. I think in hindsight they would rather have played another seam bowler over there having seen how that pitch ended up playing. Um, so, yeah, the Sixers are going to be challenged too. They're going to have to find a new opening bat and no one's going to replace Steve Smith. But what the Sixers have is a real sort of team ethos, team spirit. Smith didn't get many last night and then moses on Reeks and Jordan Silk got Sixers up to a total which wasn't far off being being competitive. They were probably 10, 15 short of really giving Scorchers um, a tough chase there. So, <coughs> pardon me, home ground advantage on Thursday. Um, I still think the Sixers can do it, even though Smith is leaving.
1: Yeah, all right. What about Perth? I mean, uh, uh, I don't know if they're going to lose anybody, but interesting to see Cameron Bancroft opening the batting there and, and, and sort of coming good. Yeah. He, is he's if he's not going to India, who's going to be the sandpaper monitor for the Australian t- Test team?
0: <laughs> I think I think we've moved on from that, as much as perhaps some some people overseas like to still still bring it up. But no, I mean, I mean, yeah, he's had a. He's had a terrific season opening the batting. He's not in the Australia mix um, at the moment. Um, they just have a really solid, well, a hugely strong squad. And they are losing a few players to the India tour. Rather. Ash Nagar didn't play last night. He's already in camp here in Sydney ahead of the tour. Uh, Lance Morris, the fast bowler who played last night, he's also uh, he's also in the Test squad, so he won't be available uh, for the final. But they've become very used to seeing players come and go even before the season. They had, they had to make a whole raft of changes. They actually lost all their original overseas signings for a combination of, of different reasons and had to bring in a whole new host of players. They then saw players in and out of the test squad. Mitchell Marsh has been injured all season, and yet they're still in the, in the final. So they, they really know how to make the most of their depth. Um, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll be confident of covering, particularly as they've got home ground advantage, um, covering Um, Those losses there. They'll hope that Matt Kelly's back. He had concussion and missed yesterday's game. Uh, They don't think Jai Richardson, who is their sort of lead strike bowler um, and was in brilliant form before this latest injury, he's done a hamstring. They don't think he's going to be up in time for the final, but I still think they'll be confident of covering those bases. They really are an extraordinarily strong T20 side.
1: There's an interesting story coming out of Australia about David Warner feeling exhausted um, ahead of the test tour to India. Uh, apparently, not going to a cricket awards dinner where you have a couple of wines and eat something um, is going to make all the difference. Uh, what have you made of this and, and his form? I mean, are you surprised he's still in the test setup? Uh
0: No, he made 200 two test matches ago. So, uh, no, I mean, he, he came through that little... He had a lean start to the to the Test season, was struggling a little bit, but then that that double century in his hundredth Test century, that was a monumental innings. There is still a debate about whether he has passed his peak, and I think he probably is past his peak as a as a player. Generally, at thirty six when the edge goes, it generally doesn't return. Um, but he's still he's still a very good player. On the comments of him being tired, look, I'm I'm not against sports people being honest. It's, we we saw. Sort of, Slam sports people when they're a bit dull and they don't say stuff. And then Warner comes out and gives a quote that becomes a headline and everyone used it. We all used it. And kind of, if he says he's tired, he's, he's tired. He has, to be fair. He's played as much cricket this season as any of the Australians, actually. He played all the one-dayers and T20s. The, the Australian season started way back in August, end of August this year or last year. He played all the one-dayers and T20s that were there. He played all the World Cup. Uh, then he, he played the five test matches. And then he's had this BBL stint. Um, when he's come back into the league for the first time in 10 years some people don't like the comments some people don't like david warner that's just that's just the nature of the beast with david warner um, has he made a rod for his own back by saying it probably because again people latch on to what um what the likes of david warner said um i don't blame him for preferring not to go to the ca awards on monday nights i mean he is going to go he will he will turn up he's not going to boycott it or anything like that um I I don't blame him for wishing he didn't have to do that. It is two days before they fly to India for what is a career-defining tour. Uh, But he'll do his job. He'll turn up and then he'll fly off to India on Tuesday. What will be interesting to see is how these players do back up, not just Warner, but all these players that have been in the BBL, um, how, how they back up now into the Test Series. It's only going to be a week turnaround from when they get to India before they start that first Test. So it will be interesting to see and um, so of have some of these players transition transition back into the long format.
1: Now uh, on India, they currently sit in the box seat in the ODI rankings. They are number one, and I believe after the series between England and South Africa, those are the uh, rankings locked in for the World Cup later on in the year in India. Um, the only chance of that changing was England to whitewash South Africa in South Africa, but that's not going to happen. Uh, the Proteas with the first win in that series, second game is tonight. What have you? What have you made of that? If I'm
0: honest, I didn't see much of that first game, the hours being that they are over here, and there's fundamentally just a bit too much cricket on these days, so it's hard to watch everything that goes on. But it was a tremendous fight back from Selassie to take that opening game, England's opening stand, 146. You would have fancied they would have knocked off their target quite comfortably then. It was really good to see Jason Roy back in the run, so he's had a real tough year or so, year 18 months with the bat, but he's a really dynamic opening bat, and it just goes to show the depth England are still having in white ball cricket that they can... They can be missing certain key players, and then and then Roy comes back in fine form and, and scores that hundred. But a terrific result for Slovakia. Actually, really important for them. They're still trying to qualify automatically for the ODI World Cup. They need, to, I think, they've got five ODIs this home season: three against England and two against the Netherlands that were postponed uh, from COVID a couple of seasons ago. They, I think, if they win three or four of those, they can still qualify. Um, for the World Cup uh, automatically, which would be massive uh, for them. Um, otherwise, they'll have to go through the qualifying tournament in Zimbabwe, which is in June um, of, of this year. So a lot riding on these games for Slavs, but a lot riding on it for Slavs and cricket more broadly at the moment. So it was good to see them get that first win. Um, England, a little bit off the pace with the bat. They haven't played ODI cricket since November some question marks about the balance of the side, but good for them to see Joseph Archer back as well. He's obviously not played for a long time. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens in the next game today.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at that 11 from the England team, and I know there are certain players that don't play um, all formats for England, but how uh, how many names are missing that you would expect to rock up in Game 1 at the World Cup in India in, in October?
0: Uh, not not too many, if I'm honest. It's more probably a balance of who was in that squad from on the... Like who's touring in the squad and didn't play that game. Chris Wokes is probably one that you'd say would come back in and play as a uh, as a first choice. The, the big question mark is whether they can persuade Ben Stokes to to come out of ODI retirement for, for, for one last hit, basically, in the ODI World Cup. And it was talked about last year after they'd won the T20 World Cup over here. Um, the question had been asked by Matthew Mott, the coach of Ben Stokes, and no one's going to push Ben to do anything he doesn't want to do. And, they are planning not to have him for the World Cup, but I think there is just that glimmer that he may. It was almost like, look, then you don't have to play much beforehand. We know what you can do if you make yourself available for the ODI World Cup. We will obviously pick you, and you'll be in the team. Uh, so, so we'll see. I mean, he's the one that brings so much balance to the side at the moment. The, kind of when you look at those England sides, they are they're still very strong, obviously, as you as you say. There's just possibly a little debate over how it's balanced at the moment, whether they're a batter a light or a bowler heavy and on, on some occasions, obviously with Ben Stokes, you sort of solve that because you have another top order bat who can bowl 10 overs. So um, whether he comes back or not, n- nobody knows and it's probably unlikely, but he would be the guy that would sort of add another dimension again uh, to that side. But there are players emerging. Sam Curran's a terrific or and now, sort of taking that mantle on in the one-day side uh, that Ben Stokes had. So there's a bit of a blip in their one-day cricket at the moment, but um, I'm pretty confident they'll work it out over the next uh, six to eight months.
1: Mm, all right. And um, just uh, finally, mate, uh, I don't know how much you saw of it, but New Zealand versus uh, India, the uh, the ODI series, that got close on a couple of occasions, uh, got swamped once. Uh, what did you make of that?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, it's a test of depth, isn't it, for both sides. And not surprisingly, India have extraordinary depth. Um, in all formats, but particularly in, in white ball cricket. It was good to see New Zealand get up in that T20 uh, the other day. That would have been a nice morale booster. And they're finding out a bit about a number of players who, who are on the fringes of when everyone's available. Um, we've seen this for a number of sides over the last couple of years that, that, that they use some of these tours to sort of test their bench strength. They're also aware of you can't pile everything on a small number of players. Obviously, there's a couple of players, noticeably one, obviously Trent Bolt, who is, is no longer... A part of that set at least for now. Um, so so they're having to find ways to to move that side forward. They're obviously starting the building process towards the ODI World Cup as well in October. So I'm not surprised that India came out on top in that ODI series. Uh, like I said, good to see New Zealand take, a, take, take the T20 the other night to to, to make that series interesting. Um, yeah, I think it'll be all eyes on the New Zealand home summer, or the, the latter half of New Zealand home summer when they get back and see whether they can pick up their test form against England and Sri Lanka and see whether they can bring a bit of stability back maybe to the whiteboard cricket, have a, have more of the first-choice players available before everyone moves into the IPL break, and then, of course, the final build-up to the ODI World Cup um, in October.
1: Good stuff, Andrew. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. Uh, really appreciate your time. Keep up the good work at Info, eh? No worries, speak soon. Yeah, will do. Uh, Andrew McGlashan there from crickinfo.com. Go and check it out. Uh, basically, if you need any cricket information, it's all there. They've got all in-depth stats, et cetera, as well. It is 20 away from one. When we come back, we'll talk football with Paul Eiffel.